Hello and welcome to the Globetrotting ADs. This podcast serves as a resource for athletic directors, activity coordinators, coaches and program associates based in international schools throughout the world. The topics of this podcast aim to help ADs and ACs gain insights and ideas to help educators thrive in their school roles and develop professionally. You're welcome to join our hosts for enlightening, informative and fun interviews with people working in this field around the world. And here are your hosts from the American International School of Vienna, Nick DeForest, and from the American International School of Budapest, Matt Fleming. Okay, everybody, welcome to this episode of the Globe Trotten ADs. Our guest today is Jared Meisel. Jared is a licensed athletic trainer originally from the United States. He's worked abroad and in the U.S., and he's the owner and operator of Good Practice LLC. He assists schools and sports clubs through planning, educating coaches, personnel, and assistance, assisting the structure of organizational policy to mitigate risk and best serve student athletes. So we're going to give a big welcome to Jared. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Hey, yeah, welcome for me too, Jared. Wouldn't you uh, just start us off with a bit of your uh, background, a bit of a profile for everybody? <clears throat> sure, thanks. Um, like, like Matt just said, I'm a certified athletic trainer. Um, I'm from the U.S. I'm from New Jersey. Um, it's athletic training is a profession that's um, based out of the U.S., Canada, and Ireland. Um, it is a trademark profession, um, and what we do is we specialize in the entire spectrum of sports and sports injuries. So the the entire acute injury management phase, um, emergency conditions, the policy that goes along with that um, for the organizations all the way through the rehabilitation, the reconditioning phase, and getting the kids back to back to their sport. So all in one profession, all in one stop, we can handle the entire um, path for any uh, injuries that may occur in the um, in the athletics department. Um I got started um, kind of through a back way in the international school uh, setting. Um, I got started in Shanghai at Concordia International School, Shanghai. Um, and the way I kind of got started there is, I guess, in in your uh, international school audience, this may be kind of interesting. I actually got started through an internship. Um, I was contracted to the school uh, through an orthopedic group. So. The orthopedic group was my employer, and and they contracted me to the to the um, to Concordia, and it originally was only supposed to be a, a ten month internship um, for for the school, and then naturally I ended up being there for four years. Um, <laughs> um, Chris Bishop was my my supervisor there, um, the athletic director. Um, you you some of your, yourselves in the audience may know him at the American School of the Heck now. And um, so he was kind of um, my starting point in the international school setting. And from there, um, was able actually to move from the internship um, model into full-time job. We were able to advocate uh, for the position and get it on a full-time staff position there. And Chris was um, very, very welcoming and supportive 
in launching some sports safety topics and policy at the at our conference level, the APAC Asia Pacific Athletic Conference. Um, so we we established a concussion protocol there, and um, the athletic training profession is really growing growing in China and in, in the Asia region. So. Ten years ago, there there weren't any athletic trainers in in, in the area, especially in the international school. Um, but now it's very growing, and um, we started a, a professional society there, APATS Asia Pacific Athletic Trainer Society, and there's about about fifty members now. And um, so we feel that. Um, some of these policies and some of these ways we're, do, we're used to doing things in the U.S., we'd like to bring that to the table to the international schools to help, you know, improve improve the programs, improve the safety, the student experience for the for for the student athletes. Um, so that's what we're trying to do as an organization. And now, after four years in China, I uh, moved to Belgium, got married to my wife um, that I met in Concordia. Um, um, and now I started this, um, company, Good Practice LLC, and, um, I've been doing this for about a couple of years now, working with the international schools to, you know, help advocate and create some awareness behind some of these safety, um, uh, policies. And, um, I found that I'm not a very good businessman and that I just, I, <laughs> I uh, I just enjoy working with the with with the international schools, and um, now here in Brussels, I'm also working part time at ISB International School of Brussels and St. John's International School. So Anthony Henley and um, Lee Roski, and uh, the international school setting is just um, I love it um, personally, and I met my I met my wife through the international school industry, and uh, um, there it's a great. Um, setting for the you know very progressive learning environments for the students, uh, a lot of resources, and in the U.S. as an athletic trainer, there's only a few different avenues we can kind of have an impact. And I feel in the international schools, uh, there are so many ways to get involved in 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 the uh, in the communities, whether it be you know handling the sports injuries, of course, but you know whether it's teaching, strength and conditioning. Um, uh, risk management, um, wellness for the students or staff. Um, there, there's just you can you can take take and run with it any way you want um, in the um, in these environments. Sure. So you were talking about getting in inroads there in Belgium. Um, have mm-hmm. you been able to work with some of the international schools then, and in Brussels, and what have you done with them so far? Uh, as you as you guys probably experienced, sometimes. Um, uh, is a pretty bureaucratic process to get your, you know, your residency and your work permit and all that sort of stuff. Um, so once for Belgium, well, once that was ironed out, um, yeah, the, the, there's there's lots of opportunity here. Um, but um, so I started working with ISB International School of Brussels and uh, St. John's International School in, in Waterloo, not too far away. And um, on for ISB mainly. I've been doing more of a fitness component. I've been supervising and helping out with um, their their fitness center um, at the school, uh, some of their offerings there. And at St. John's, I've been a more typical athletic trainer role and um, 
doing athletics coverage for their tournaments and their practices and their and their matches and helping them start start their initial policies there in uh, in concussion management and some um, um, so I've been working with Anthony to, to start building building that. Okay. All right, so uh, you've gone to other schools and, and worked with uh, their tournaments and helped out there. So is that one of the services that, that you can provide to anybody listening out, out here? Yeah, um, so in this area, I was fortunate to work with um, Frankfurt. Um, I went over there and helped some of their coverage, and um, we talked about um, some ways that they could improve the program there. Um, the head, of course, Chris. Um, I also last year I did a lot of travel and I <laughs> I was very proactive and I ended up just showing up basically at international schools doorsteps and just offering to help with um, any policy um, in the athletics department to and, or education uh, session that I could offer. So I showed up uh, at the American Cooperative School of Tunisia. Um, your, some of your colleagues at um, in Bucharest, David, uh, at the American International School of Bucharest, and Kylie Olsthorn at yeah. um, Sophia, and and then I know Jason um, Jason Cuthbert at Warsaw from our time in Asia together. Um, so I recently did a project with 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 him, um, ASW. Great. So Jared, I'm going to ask a question about um, these mm-hmm. tournaments you've worked before, maybe. Mm-hmm kind of give us a breakdown of how it works when you arrive on, for example, maybe on a Thursday before the tournament kicks off, like, mm-hmm. or, you know, what's, what's some of the pre-work you do for getting ready for the tournament. And then once you hit the ground at a particular place, um, what goes on throughout the course of that weekend before you head back? So typically what I'll also want to have assist the school in, in any way possible. So what, I, what I'll tend to do is also offer, um, doing an educational session with the coaches or a workshop with the nurses, um, whether it's taping um, or uh, concussion education or reviewing their emergency policy. Um, if, if I'm going out to a school, I, I want to have as much impact as possible. Um, and so uh, we'll try to coordinate that and schedule a meeting with you know, their, uh, their school counselors to talk about concussions or whatever it may be, whatever the, the, the demand is. Um, and then, um, during the athletic event, I'll have, you know, all the, all the preparations that, that, that I need. I'll bring, you know, the supplies that I, 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 I think will be warranted for the event. And I'll also get, um, familiar with the emergency policy of the school so that we're just best prepared if knock on wood, if something ever were to occur. And then, um, as the tournament goes on, I'm, uh, supervising all the, uh, the athletic fields that um, that I can get to, and if there is an injury that occurs, I'm documenting everything. I'm getting the students' information in case any follow-up is needed, and then at the, the conclusion, I'm typically writing a, a report for the athletic director, telling them um, the cases that I saw in case there's any follow-up needed, um, and and additionally, I'll follow up with the the student that may have been injured and make sure that they get any care um, that's needed afterwards. This is a great way for a program to do kind of an audit of their procedures and their protocols that they would have in place. And if you, you're coming in, you can kind of pinpoint some things or maybe find some pitfalls or recommendations for improving. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly right. Um, the bigger picture is that um, my mission is to um, raise the standard of care at all the international schools. So if, if coming out to a school and covering an event is an entry point for that, um, to highlight some of these things that we, we could be doing, um, yeah, then it's a great opportunity to, to, uh, to advance the mission. So if you were to come out, for example, to Budapest for a tournament, if I'm running a, for example, CISA basketball tournament, varsity basketball tournament, mm -hmm. would you do, you would do some coaches training as well, or some coaches education, like maybe come out a day before the, the tournament mm -hmm. starts and how would that work? Would it be like, uh, something you'd offer during the course of the day or, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'll typically have a conversation with the athletic director and um, get some insight on uh, where they're at in their program and some things that could be maybe approved upon or just enhanced or whatever it may be. And going off the information that I get and my, my objective type of perspective, um, we come up with a game plan um, on where I could be of most benefit to, to the community. Um, yeah, it could be a coach's session, it could be school nurses, uh, it could be the upper administration, um, um, it could just be me reviewing their handbooks, so I'm just um, by myself reviewing the, or talking with the athletic director one-on-one -on -one about uh, the program in general, um, and also, also the sports safety side, but also the performance side, uh, maybe some ways that they could um, enhance the athletic culture within the community or offering some more um, training opportunity for the students um, or things that need to be addressed in their fitness center or on the strength and conditioning side or just some ideas to partner with different organizations in the community. Okay. Actually, let's talk about that because I, I noticed in your website that you also work with clubs and, and mm -hmm. other schools or sorry, other groups not related to schools um, maybe you could talk a little bit about that, what your experience and background is with this, and how does it interrelate with what you're doing with international schools? Mm -hmm. Yeah, most of my experience has been, my, my mission is the international school. Um, I have done a little bit of work with the clubs. Um, however, that's, that's a little trickier. Um, um, it's a different type of service that the, the clubs are doing, and uh, it's a different kind of focus. Whereas the international schools are very comprehensive with the students, the student athletes, they're covering, you know, the academic side and also, you know, the physical activity side. And um, that's, that, as I've been doing this the last couple of years, I've, I do have a personal preference towards the international schools because there's, uh, the impact is just so great with the, with the student experience that, you know, you as athletic directors and the coaches can have. And when, especially when the coaches are employed directly, they, you know, they're the, the teachers as well. There's a lot of buy-in into the program. And as a team, as a, as a department and a team, that's just, it's great to work with. It's a common mission and a common goal to, um, uh, to take care of the kids and make sure that they have a great experience and they learn as much as possible as a, while being a part of your program. Um, yeah, the sports clubs, um, I'll just say that, um, yeah, I wish I, I wish I could have have more impact there. Um, but every club is different. Uh, there's a lot of variability between between the clubs. Whereas, at least in the international school, you know, there is some common threads there that that 
that there is a community there that they're that they are on the academic side as well as the physical activity mm-hmm. side. So that that makes the, the sports safety process a little bit easier. Yeah, I was gonna say probably a little more accommodating for your services. And and especially now, um, when safeguarding and, and student wealth well being is just, you know, being pushed to the forefront even even more, you know, than it ever has been before. And I think in all areas, right? Not just um, Correct. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, the the child protection and safeguarding. Um, the, you know, we usually we typically um, view that as um, uh, preventing neglect in the children or abuse, those types of things. But this sports safety aspect is just as an integral part of the child protection and sport. Um, sorry, safeguarding aspects because. What we're doing is we're protecting their brains, we're protecting their bodies, we're protecting, uh, prevent, hopefully preventing a cardiac arrest or an emergency situation. Um, so these sorts of policies are built in to the the umbrella of child protection and safeguarding, um, which is absolutely critical at all these schools. If your school is in the market for bespoke sportswear, Look no further than Cookery Sports. Cookery has evolved over the last 20 years from a bespoke sportswear manufacturer into a true sportswear partner, firmly believing in the value of sport at all levels. Bespoke teamwear forms a unique part of an individual's sporting story and represents a lasting link to their time in sport. Cookery are proud to play a part in that journey. Every individual can build their own legacy Cookery Sports creates a sportswear range that inspires as well as performs. Start your journey today. Email the team at contact at cookerysports.com. Well, what about for anyone listening out there, some, you know, with all your experience, um, some, some basic recommendations that maybe you have for international schools around the world that maybe can't bring you over, um, mm-hmm. just anyone that's listening, what, what can they do to improve their, their program? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really good question. So the common thread, um, that I would say that all international schools should have in their athletics department is to have simply have caring for the student athlete at the center of their program comprehensively, academically, social, emotionally, uh, physically, and being prepared for the things that may come up uh, that are potentially foreseeable, whether it be concussions, emergency conditions, a sudden cardiac arrest, um, making sure that you have as much policy and programming and rehearsing and communication as possible to cover anything that may may arise. Um, so on my end, typically the schools, they, they tend to lack or don't have an updated concussion management policy. So developing that uh, is very critical because there are a number of um, side effects in, in this adolescent age group that can arise, um, second impact syndrome, post-concussion syndrome, that if we don't manage these appropriately. Um, in the same vein, um, on the emergency side, um, it'd be great if all these schools had physicals before, beforehand, um, before participation, um, so, and so that we can prevent any sudden cardiac arrests, 
Um, we can find out if these kids do have some sort of allergy or orthopedic condition going on. Um, but they all these topics interrelate to having care and uh, at the center of your program and taking reasonable precautions to uh, make sure that the kids are safe. Right. That's great. And it, it feels like when you dive into these areas and maybe you do an audit of how your school does this or that, it's, it's like a can of worms, you know, you, once you open the, the jar, you know, there, you, you can't close it again, you know, it's Pandora's box. And I know we, we looked at our, our program in this area um, a few years ago and noticed some gaping holes that we, you know, just never realized before, you know, like, like how we cared for kids after the school day ended um, was, was one big hole that we had to fill. So I think it's a great thing to do to have schools look into into this area, maybe get your advice uh, or, you know, run things by you or someone in your profession to try to, to sh- fill those things up. Yeah, then the, your last two episodes I just really, really enjoyed and I, I thought they related to this topic. I didn't know if you lined it up this way, but it, it seemed like it matched really well up with this, your your recent your recent interview with Mark Hull of 3D right. and the one before that with um, Kirby Boychuk over in Moscow. Right. And man, I was blown away about what Kirby was doing over there at his school, um, doing the emergency rehearsal drills and bringing coaches and students into the picture on concussion and CPR, first aid training. Um, that was really awesome program that he sounds like he's got going there. And like I was just saying with, with, uh, Mark Hole and at 3d, I haven't gone through the program, but when he, I, I, what, what really, um, I was really blown away by was when he was talking about, uh, the first dimension, uh, having the foundational purpose. Um, and I think you even said starting, you, you try to start start with addressing why why are we here with our coaches and what what are we trying to accomplish our ultimate goal and sports safety is 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 just the same it's in the same vein it's 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 a part of that same conversation is that we have a common care for the student and these are things these are conditions that are if we're in athletics long enough these are more than likely to occur um so it's our duty and our you know moral and ethical obligation to you know, be reasonably, at least reasonably prepared for these things that may come up. Well said. Hmm. Uh, I was at the, I was participating in the Zoom conference last week you did for uh, the CISA folks, and mm-hmm. it was great, and it was, it was a good overview of what you do. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. You gave us some information about uh, some online resources that maybe folks can check out, or you gave mm-hmm. us some resources specifically for concussion management. You want to talk a little bit about that, maybe in case there's anybody who missed that Zoom, or if there's any resources you want to point us to for for online. Yeah, sure. Um, hopefully, we can have that. Um, I hope that we can um, put that co- that uh, session up, and you know, we'll get that out to all the athletic directors out there. But there's um, there's a ton of great resources out there. Um, any any school, they don't they they can they can really educate themselves and uh, develop these policies with with some of the tools out there. Um, one of the great ones out there is the NFHS, the National Federation uh, of High Schools. Um, this is an organization that has a lot of awesome resources for all aspects uh, aspects of athletic directors. Um, um, the one the tool that I use the most and that I recommend the most 
is a concussion sport online training program for coaches. Um, it's about a 20 to 30 minute uh, online portal that is very uh, uh, thorough um, and very, <laughs> it's very, it takes concussions. It really puts them, puts it in, in the shoes of, of the coach, the, the actual sport coach, what they're likely to see, what they're likely to hear. Um, so one of the, one of the things we can do that all athletic directors can do right out of the gate is just simply educate, you know, their folks, uh, educate their community on these emergency conditions and concussions. Um, by educating alone, you create awareness and you create some buy-in um, to launch any programs down the road that you may want to implement as an athletic director. Um, so the education piece, uh, NFHS is great. Uh, also, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control uh, in the U.S., they have a heads-up program, a heads-up campaign, and it has tons of great resources for the school nurse, for the counselors, for uh, the coaches, for the administrators, everyone. Um, educational resources um, to help get your people, uh, again, aware of the, the things that may arise. Um, out of, I believe, your state, Matt, uh, Ohio, the uh, nationwide Children's Hospital. Um, yep. They have a they have a great guide on how to build your own concussion program. Um, that's my number one recommendation to, to to administrators that are looking to investigate that. Um, and then on the on the emergency side, um, uh, there's a great website. I believe through the NFHS. I think that I think they they collaborate with anyonecansavealife.org. Um, and they have a great guide to, that walks you through the exact um, steps you need to take to create and rehearse and organize uh, emergency action planning. Um, so if we can, you know, really address uh, the key two or three things in, in the sports safety realm that may come up, that they're the biggest uh, glaring issues. If we can cover those, then you know we're going to improve our programs a great deal by addressing these by being prepared. That's great. Yeah, if anybody's interested in finding out more about these uh, websites, I know you have them listed in the resources page of your website. So that's goodpracticellc.com. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. Goodpracticellc.com on the resources. It's all these are all free resources. Um, thank you to all these all these organizations that put this stuff together. This is great stuff and really helpful to our international uh, setting. Um, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of tailored uh, guides and resources to fit our specific needs. Um, but this these these resources really help give the ads the tools to uh, extrapolate what's best for their program. Great, good stuff. Good sharing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just want to move on to the next section we wanted to chat about was um, general guidelines for student, staff, health, wellness recommendations. Um, you know, everybody's, this current state is in a lockdown situation with, and at, at home with distance learning. I know my kids are doing that. My wife's teaching at home. Um, I'm trying to keep busy, of course, with things I need to do. Um, but maybe you have some recommendations you can share with us for general health and wellness. Yes. Current state of affairs in the world. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but that was one of my side duties when I was at Concordia in Shanghai. I, um, I was also the wellness coordinator. Um, so I, I mainly worked, I worked with the staff, the faculty and staff on their 
you know, general health needs, whether it be talking nutrition, um, uh, general exercise, fitness, things like that, getting them oriented in the fitness center, uh, things like that. That's another area that, you know, an athletic trainer can get involved with. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a very, um, difficult situation circumstance for, for everyone involved. And what I think it, one of the positive things I, I think it does is it kind of, it can really real, realign our values um, to what's really important. Um, I think, I think this, this situation is going to amplify that on what's really important. Um, and what, what is really important is, you know, obviously the health and safety of everyone, including, you know, your family and your, your respective school communities. Um, not only the health and safety, but also the the, uh, the general well-being. Um, this is going to be very challenging men- mentally and emotionally for a lot of folks. And um, it's very important that each individual um, finds, you know, comfort in one another, even though we're, we're disconnected at the moment. It's going to be very, it's going to be uh, may be difficult to figure out and it may be different for each person. Um, but staying connected as, as, as much as possible, um, not only helps yourself, but it helps other people. Um, so again, like I was saying, realigning our values. I I don't, I don't think this, I I think this, I think this current situation, it, it can't strengthen the argument enough for having, you know, live in person school community. Uh, how important it is in 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 education and in you know society and for our kids for the student development. Um, so maintaining that community as much as possible. Um, unfortunately, we're we're going to have to do this via you know a screen or over the phone, which which creates its own issues. Um, um, we do see obviously on the on the wellness side, we do see screen time is a, is a huge issue. Um, so picking and choosing what's what is true valuable screen time and is going to be important in monitoring that you know balancing academics with um with just staying emotionally mentally uh at at equilibrium is going to be really important um so very broad timer to kind of go off so we like get away from the screen go do something else get up yes yeah 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 there's there's lots of great tools for that (laughs) you know either either app-based or just built into your device you know we really need to be cognizant of this and we need to um and instead of uh killing time by scrolling through the social medias and you know you know we go to kill time and all of a sudden it becomes two hours but we're also doing doing work for two or three hours a day on, you know, our normal duties or the students are doing work, you know, all of a sudden that's five, six hours of I'm on the screen staring at this bright light in front of my face. Um, And then, and then we have trouble sleeping because of that. And then we, and then that, that, that builds a vicious circle of the the emotional anxiety, uh, mental health issues um, because of the side effects of, of, of the screen time and not being able to have just, disrupted sleep um so it's a huge topic we we can spend the whole episode probably just talking about getting enough rest and sleep and the whole cycle of that yeah absolutely and then uh 
and the and the sketch the the normal the normal schedule that goes along with that that you know it's very easy to sleep in till ten o'clock and and stay up till one a.m. during these non-traditional times. Um, but at, at, boiling it down, I think I think this is going to I guess again just realign our value system and what yeah. and things that are really important. So I think. I agree. Each, each, each individual and each community should really focus on, on those core values. Yeah, it's a recalibration time. You can you mm-hmm. kind of get that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Okay, well, good. Yeah, Thank great, you. Great tips for, for everybody, right? Uh, athletes, coaches, ADs, uh, parents, everybody. Coach Evaluator is the premier coach evaluation software for schools and athletic organizations and preferred coach evaluation solution of the NIAAA and the Positive Coaching Alliance. The system is completely customizable with an always growing evaluation template library for athletic directors to reference. Coach Evaluator offers a built-in workflow tracking each coach evaluation from start to finish, including document uploads and email notifications. There are not only evaluations for ADs to use, but also self-evaluations and parent-player evaluations of coaches. There is built-in detailed historical reporting allowing the athletic director to analyze their coach's performance over time. Learn more about digitizing and simplifying your coach evaluation process by visiting www.coachevaluator.com. Mention Globetrotten ADs to receive a $200 discount on the yearly rate. Um, Why don't we switch back to a bit of the personal side and um, ask you a question about your you know, maybe being new to the area of, of Europe where you're at right now, what was one of the most, the coolest things you've seen or, or, or done up in Belgium? Something we got to check out if we get there. Belgium is great. Um, it, for for us, as a small country as it is, it really punches above its weight um, in a lot of areas. Um, the, being in Brussels, one of the best parts about it is the diversity um there's all types of restaurants and um communities here uh, i could walk down the street and get some great vietnamese food and i can you know walk the other way and get get some great central african food it's for for me i travel for food that's that's why that's why i get around um but uh belgium is great obviously long long history medieval times lots of great castles a uh, lot of beautiful countryside down south in the Ardennes. Uh, really easy to, in a couple hours, you can get away and be in the middle of a beautiful forest and these rolling hills and um, castles and all sorts of stuff. Um, Belgium, uh, really, really awesome. Great place to live. It's not just chocolate and french fries. That's a big part of it. And uh, and the waffles and the beer, uh, that's a big part of it. But there's, it has a lot to offer. And being being the hub of Europe, it's very easy uh, to bounce around and you know get over to Germany, get over to France, and um, um, yeah, it's it, it's it's really um, I, I, it really exceeded my expectations overall. So there's a huge selection there, but have you nailed down a favorite beer yet? Oh, jeez, um, still an ongoing process. Yeah, it's still an ongoing process. It's like saying, um, it's it's like asking what the the best one piece work of art is um, uh, of, 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 of all, in all the Vatican what's, what's the best piece of art, artwork out there um, there um, the, and the, the diversity of the beer is, is phenomenal 
Um, I know, I know Austria and Germany, you guys, you guys have some, you have some good stuff, but I, uh, I'm very confident to say that Belgium does it the best. <laughs> got a great selection there. That's for sure. If you get a chance to get down to Louvain as well, they got, that's a cool little town and they got mm -hmm. good selections down there too. Yep. Yeah. But there's, there's tons of great little towns to visit, uh, in Belgium. All right, so we'll, we'll lean, towards, lean towards wrapping up. So we'll just mm -hmm. ask uh, what's next for Jared and Good Practice LLC. Any, anything on the horizon? Um, well, um, yeah. Um, so I'm continuing my work with individual, individual international schools and um, continue to uh, write, write um, some for some publications. Um, hopefully, um, I will give a shout out to the future of sports coaching conference. I'll be presenting there for anyone that's going to be heading that way in August uh, in Dusseldorf. Um, and, um, hopefully talking more with CISA and the other athletic, athletic conferences to see, uh, any way I can help out. Okay. And once again, where can, where can folks go to learn more about you? Yeah, so that's going to be goodpracticellc.com. A um, bunch of free resources there. Uh, if, you, if any athletic directors have any questions about anything, please drop me a line through there. Always happy to help um, in any way that I can. Thanks for spending the time with us today. It was great. Uh, thank, thank you, guys. Uh, this is this this is really um, a great project, and um, this really promotes the inner collaboration of athletic directors, and and that's going to be that's really key um, to really raising our raising enhancing all our programs and conferences, and you know, obviously, also keeping kids safe. Yeah. Once we get back to business as usual, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you out there. All right. Thanks, Jared. Whoa, don't turn us off just yet. I have a conference update for you. But first, I just want to say thanks to everyone who's reached out to me about the conference, either to be a presenter or a participant. It's been a lot of fun to organize so far, and we're really looking forward to everything that's going to happen on April 21st and 22nd. We're going to kick it all off next weekend with a special conference podcast between Matt and I, and we'll publish all the participant info on globetrottenads.com. So have a great week and look forward to that. <laughs>